Hey everybody, it's Mike. Exciting announcement before uh, before we start today. Uh, tonight, the 21st of September, I'm doing an outdoor show in Fairfield, Connecticut. There's two shows, 5.30 and 7.30. I think there's like a few tickets left. It's one of those outdoor distanced, you bring your own chair or blanket. Uh, it's getting cold, so it's like a football game. <laughs> and uh, and the next week, the 28th, I, I, this is the first that I've announced it at all, so you can get your tickets really fast. Uh, swap them up for the 28th of September. Fairfieldcomedyclub.com or burbigs.com. That's the best way to find out about whatever I'm doing is burbigs.com. Sign up for the email list. The email list is, ha- is, the, is the first place. I post things on Twitter and Instagram, but the email list is how I get things most directly to folks. I'm announcing um, a virtual show uh, later this month. The first one went great. And we, Maria Bamford and I talk about virtual shows today and uh, she loves them. I love them. I've had a really good time doing them. And uh, so all, uh, all of that is on burbigs.com and uh, yeah, sign up and thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it is Mike Burbiglia and we are back with another episode of Working It Out. This is uh, this is the most excited I've been to release an episode. This is Maria Bamford. If you follow the comedy that I like, you'll know who Maria Bamford is. She has countless specials on Comedy Central and Netflix, and she has a new Audible original called You Are a Comedy Special, which is a 15-step self-help guide to force yourself to write an hour of stand-up comedy. Uh, she's the best. Enjoy my conversation with Maria Bamford. In 2013, you played Caroline's, and uh, my wife Jen and I, and John Mullaney and his wife Anna, uh, we all went to watch you. We bought four tickets, and we, you know, we're all fans, and then. Uh, we love the show so much. It was like one of the greatest live comedy experiences I've ever had. But I wrote you an email that said, Maria, my wife Jenny and I were both so overwhelmed by your show. And my wife Jenny, who is a poet, felt like you may be the greatest living poet as well. So you're covering, so you're really covering your bases uh, with love and admiration, Mike. And then, and then, uh, and then you wrote back a really, really generous email back, and it was so sweet. Uh, Mike Burbigs. May I call you that? Burbigs. Oh, my God. That is so... Burble. That's... God, man. That's... that's No, and I remember you guys coming out, and I felt uh, infinitely supported by the... Uh, on, I mean, the ongoing love and joy that is uh, the stand-up comedy community. Uh, I think it's not, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I really appreciated your note and also coming, coming out. And I, I hope when, when we see each other next, if you see my network again, that it, you'll still think highly of it, but it's okay. <laughs> if it's, if I'm deteriorating, if I'm deteriorating, that's, um, that's natural. And that's a part of life. Yeah. Yeah. Is, sure. Um, sure. Is the slow. Uh, I will. I'm. I'll let you, I will absolutely let you know. <laughs> please, oh, please let me know. <laughs> well, you know who's really good at letting you know stuff like that is the internet. <gasps> I. That is fantastic. Um, the internet is so filled with uh, just surprising amounts of support and um, yes. and clarifying yes. of um, <laughs> of where you stand uh, in, in many people's minds, and then. You know, suddenly you get a, it's, yeah, it's a, a reflection. I'm sure there's some sort of spiritual talk about a, a, a many sided jewel. Um, but anyways, yes. you're always seeing new parts of yourself through uh, the new ones, whether it's. Yes, these beautiful novel esque posts uh, showing their love for entertainers <laughs> abounds on the internet. <laughs> does i do i do love the internet just it is such a great like for the way i i rehearse which is right now 
uh, I just do one-on-one um, performing for people, rehearsing my yes. jokes over and over again. So I can get someone to listen to my show anytime, day or night, uh, just through Twitter. And I used to meet people in person, but wow. uh, probably at least 50 people over the last few years. And everyone has been extremely pleasant. I, I think I could actually criticize my behavior on a couple of the meetings. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a few notes. I have some notes. <laughs> oh, I, I, could you spot me? I'll Venmo you later. <laughs> um, no, uh, once I did have a guy meet me, I thought it was a coffee shop. Uh, I believe this was outside St. Louis. It turns out it was a coffee manufacturing and distribution plant. And uh, so then I, I got a lift there and I had to ask him for a ride uh, in his oh Hyundai gosh. to the local Dunkin' Donuts, which he was gracious enough uh, to allow me. And then we sat oh in the parking gosh. lot and I did my very best show for him. I just want to explain this to the listeners so that they fully understand that you're not being facetious at no. all and that you're being completely earnest that you, Maria Bamford, one of the greatest comedians <laughs> in the world, <laughs> rehearse your act with strangers one-on-one. Well, and are they strangers? Um, they follow <laughs> me on Twitter. Uh, there's only there's only a few people who follow me on Twitter. And I think if you're gonna if you're gonna show up <laughs> and meet, you know, I'm now almost 50-year-old lady um, in a public place. That says something, I think, delightful about you. Yeah. I I did uh, put a wall up. Somebody had all the uh, pro, uh, pro-America uh, Trump stuff. And I sure. said, hey, have you seen me perform? Oh, are interesting. You, are you confusing me with someone else? Uh, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I will not meet with you because um, we disagree on all the levels or not. I mean, I'm sure there's some things we agree wow. on, like, like Franklin uh, mint collections. Everyone loves sure. those. So did you not meet with that person? I did not meet with that person. Uh, but I didn't, oh. you know, I didn't tell them. I just uh, d- didn't choose them. Uh, oh, which okay. is yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't. Cause I, I think uh, that's, I feel like that's fair. Uh, some, but please feel free to criticize me and tell me in what way sure. I've made a mistake. That's what, I have OCD and it's kind of in the way that is about uh, ethics. Yeah. Uh, I, when I have, when I have a manic episode, it has, I involve Catholic priests, though I have oh never gosh. been Catholic. Uh, I <laughs> got in touch with the New York times ethicist somehow. Uh, Wait, you said you got in touch with a oh, Catholic yes. priest? Oh yes. Oh yes. To figure out if what I was doing was okay or not, you know, cause that's a uh, part of, obsessive compulsive disorder is checking. So it's like somebody going to check and see that the, the gas is off, the lights are off or, or doing things. So somebody with more ethical uh, obsessions might try to keep checking with different moral authorities uh, mm. of whether something's okay or not. Oh, wow. And guess what? The world <laughs> is a gray area. And so you can't ever get the right answer. So, so you we're willing in that moment to trust a Catholic priest, even though you're not Catholic. I'm not Catholic. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. It seemed like he had, I mean, he dedicated his whole life to it. So what had happened I, at the time I was obsessed because I was a, a, a spokesperson for a commercial campaign sure. many years ago. And, uh, I thought to myself, uh, Oh my gosh, this has been such a cash cow, lots of fun, but, is uh, the money I'm taking based on the slave labor of people who work overseas with no environmental right. laws or labor laws to protect them? So I said this to the priest. Hey, <laughs> what should I be doing? He said, well, I just went to Target the other day. And I these are, my pants are from Target. Oh, my God. And then I explained to him, um, you know, the details of what those pants mean um, and why they were so inexpensive. And he said, well, I don't think you, I think you're right. I think that is terrible. I don't think you should be working for them at all. So I convinced a Catholic priest to go against his own first rule. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) 
You are the opposite of a spokesperson. <laughs> I certainly am. It's interesting because, like, I, I wrote my email to you, and this is again 2013, that I think that what you're doing is really edgy, and 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 I always like to clarify this, and this is just one person's opinion about comedy. Uh, people have de- very different definitions of what edgy is, and a lot yes. of people think like edgy is uh, a comedian who curses so many times in an hour and you can't even believe it and it's shocking but i don't find it i don't find that that shocking i'm not that shocked by language but i am shocked but in a positive way when i see someone like you uh or or other comedians who i admire like really like opening themselves up to the audience and just and just speaking their truth and confessing things about themselves that are like a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't speak about and it, because you're in the reason I think it's edgy or it's uh, quote unquote on the edge is I think what edgy would, would long form would be is that you're risking failing in a way that is deeply personal. So if you go up and you curse for an hour and people don't like it, you can go, Oh, who cares? If you go up and you talk about yourself and your own struggles in like this totally deeply personal way for an hour and it fails, <laughs> there's real risk there. I mean, it feels horrible. And that is why I don't play Vegas, Mike. Uh, I don't, <laughs> no matter, I don't care how much money anybody offers me, I will not go to Vegas. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but also I think it, it's such a relief for me if I hear people laugh at mm. something that I've found to be um, shameful. Um, or that, yeah, that I f- felt uh, bad about. Um, so that that is such a deep uh, itch to be scratched or joy to have. I don't know if you've run into this, but sometimes I've used family and friends in my stuff, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they they have not signed up uh, for the level of oh my uh, gosh, yes honesty. I mean. I know my parents want to be supportive, but then also, yeah, otherwise I I won't make anything if I have to think about what they're going to say. And I I definitely don't want to hurt anyone's uh, feelings. And at the same time, I I feel like you get to say what your experience is. Um, Sure. Yeah, I find that very confusing. My my mom, uh, who... She was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, which is really uh, terrifying and frightening. And she's in remission, which is unbelievable. Yay, yeah. uh, science. And uh, But there is, of course, some hilarious moments about um, people thinking of their own demise. And uh, my mom, one of the things she said <laughs> was... You know, honey, I just want to be around long enough for those crate and barrel pillows to come in that I special ordered. And I'm so <laughs> delighted because your father, he felt so bad about how, you know, the chemo and everything. So he bought me that scale I've always wanted. And it tells me my body fat percentage. Hmm. Uh, Mom, uh, what I heard is that when you buy a coffin, I mean, if you want to get into a size four, <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's tighter on the hips, eventually it'll fit. Oh my gosh! So you did uh, you do virtual shows, which I think are amazing. And I saw that you told this story about how you and your husband have sort of a pact: if either one of you is ever considering suicide, which you have before, and it's it's a very serious thing. We, yes, um, that if you or your husband are considering that, that you have to post about it in the shared community area in your apartment. Yes. It's on the um, refrigerator in chip clip magnets. Oh my gosh. Um, Because one thing that we realized in, and probably the reason we attracted to each other, my husband, he would always kind of joke. Like if I said I was feeling low or just feeling bad, you know, he'd kind of go, he'd go, I'm depressed too. (laughs) 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 Which is hilarious. Me too. (laughs) I don't feel good either. And then, which is so sweet. And, uh, 
But then I, as we've, you know, been together now as, as married six years and he had some mood issues and, and learning about our childhoods at the age of around nine or 10, uh, I know I started having uh, sort of bipolar episodes and that I would um, start having uh, serious OCD. And then I, one thing I did to, <laughs> a thing I did to relax, you know, just to kick back when I was nine, I would pick hairs out of my mm. skin. It's called trichotillomania. And it's, oh my gosh. it's, it's good times. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a little vacation from your problems. Oh. He would do this thing where he would knock his head against the wall. Oh my gosh. For relief. And, oh my gosh. and then I feel also, like I've only seen that in movies. Oh yeah, no, it's real. And, um, so, and then, um, we both also started, <laughs> it's, it's another, um, relaxant fantasize about death, uh, long for the afterlife. Sure. Uh, it's called suicidal ideation. I think sure. many people have done it. Um, so that's something we didn't realize we both have in common as something to kind of calm down in yeah. situations to either. Um, yeah. So both of us were having a bad day. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought to ask a little later, Hey, what were you thinking about? And he's like, what were you thinking about? Uh Oh, um, he was thinking about his plans. I was thinking about my, oh my, my little plans. And, you know, of course, it's it, it, it's funny, but it's also – and I think that that's what I, I, I want to talk about that stuff is so that we don't feel – or I'll speak for myself, sorry. Uh, I don't feel ashamed um, that that's um, – yeah, we have these two signed – uh, contracts that our therapist had us write up of mm -hmm. uh, what we can do if someone's in danger or feeling impulsive. Sure. Um, sure. And again, paperwork has never saved a life. Uh, but what <laughs> if? What if? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they signed something. Um, <laughs> uh. It's been notarized. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that, but the power, but the power of positivity is, is something. Yeah. And that if, if I need help, if our family needs help, uh, not only do our friends and family know about it and it's not some huge secret, but you can easily call up and then it's like, Oh, we're coming right over. Like, it's yeah. not like, oh my God. Yes. You know, yes, which yes, yes. That, that's the problem with any, uh, well, any health emergency. It's like, hey, let's take it down a notch. Like, <laughs> I love yes. that about EMT workers where they're just, they do things methodically, slow, you know, like there's, it, there's an emergency, but to freak out about it is not going to help. Yes. Um, you're sort of, in some ways, you're making the suicidal thoughts uh, into a more pragmatic situation that the family needs to address. Right, right. Like if you have a, a thing on the thing, you know, what we do in case of uh, like Los Angeles, fire, sure. earthquake. Sure. The thing, this is our exit plan or whatever. And of course, we don't want to have an exit plan for our family in, in terms of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> killing yourself but right. um but you don't know, that's what cult, that's a cult have but i i, I always wanted because i i've i've toyed with I, I shouldn't say i've toyed with i've written about suicidal thoughts before but i've never put them on stage uh i wrote this bit once where and it's totally not done but it's like about how sometimes i uh i don't want to be alive but i don't want to be dead either you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, I'm sort of open and, and, uh, and, and then, but then I don't think I'd commit suicide because I feel like I would, I would, I would botch the suicide. Like, I feel like if I jumped in, <laughs> like, I would, like, I feel like I would take, you know, try to binge on pills. Right. And it wouldn't, but it wouldn't be enough pills. Like it would be enough to make me late for my <laughs> meeting, but not enough to kill me. And then I, and then my, I'd show up to the meeting and my agent would be like, where were you? You know, and I'd be like, I tried to commit suicide, but then it just made me late. And he's like, look, Mike, if I'm going to sell you, 
you got to go one way or the other. You know, you got to be in or out. I got to sell you alive or, or sell you dead, you know. And then, and then on the way home, I'd feel so bad. I'd try to jump in front of the subway. But then I'd... Uh, I, I'd fall in that area in the subway tracks uh, where the, the subway would make it over me and then I'd be alive, but I'd be like face down in rats, you know, and, oh, yeah. then, uh, and then they'd eat my face and then I'd show up at a comedy club that night and the other comedians would give me a hard time like, what? Hey, what, what's wrong, Mike? Rats eat your face? And I'm like, yeah, actually rats ate my face, you know. And uh, <clears throat> that's why I've never committed suicide. And, and that's, that's sort of the, this run I've been writing. It's completely not done. And, and, and uh, I haven't done a stage. But I, I'll tell people who are listening, if you're, if you're com- considering committing suicide, uh, don't do it for a lot of reasons, um, for, for many, many, many reasons. But one of them is if you really want to make a point you need to stay alive, even though it sucks. Yeah, and then you can text seven uh, to seven four one seven four one talk. Uh, yes, it will be a yes. forty five minute wait till you get somebody. Is it really? Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh, it's it's intense. I I try it every once in a while. I would also recommend. I, I think call Domino's. Like call a open yes. food service yes. service delivery place that they'll pick up, and you just never know who you get on the horn. Uh, That's a good one. Might, That's a really good idea. Who might talk, you know, want to talk to you. Like, uh, there's plenty of people who are actually, n- you know, not trained at all as as mental health professionals, but are uh, pleasant and kind. Yes. And um, yes. I once called the operator because uh, I had no Did money. Did you really? I, mean, I called the operator and I said, uh, would you still love someone if they're flunking out of college? Quick question. The um. operator said, yes. I got a total stranger. Tell me that they love me. For oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just FYI. That's so beautiful. That story. Yeah. One eight hundred. Call call whatever uh, whatever your favorite uh, airline is. Uh, Tostitos. Uh, uh, you know, a snack. A uh, concern line. Uh, those guys pick up. Uh, whereas, yeah, it's a little it's a little busy on the on the suicide wow. hotline. Do you ever get, because you, you know, you talk about having suicidal thoughts, you talk about OCD, you talk about a lot of bi- being bipolar too. Like, do people ever feel uh, like you're misrepresenting them? And, you know, if they have that same thing, do you ever get that? I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, of course. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm sure I say things that are, uh, and I know this. This is uh, this is not a great word, but like insensitive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tone deaf to and tone deaf is not a good word anymore. Uh, just not uh, uh, aware of uh, to someone else's experience for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I'm always down to learn and apologize. Sure. Uh, sure. For stuff that again, it's you know, it is. Uh, it is jokes. But part of it's also attention-seeking behavior, where I choose a a, a way of saying something that's, uh, uh, yeah, it's just over the top and can s- sometimes be hurtful towards people. You know, of course, nobody wants to be hurtful. Of course, right? But nobody gives a shit. Like, <laughs> if you right. didn't mean it, uh, please apologize. Please apologize without <laughs> all the reasons why you didn't mean it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I find that I find that to be a very confusing part of the comedy conversation is when you say when when people say you can't talk about suicide and I go, "Well, actually, I think that talking about it even in the form of jokes shines a light on it in a way that it allows us to have a conversation which is similar to you posting something on your refrigerator and it just makes it part of a conversation as opposed to hiding in the shadows." I I feel like I, I'd like to be able to talk about everything that I'd like to talk about, but also as a for me personally, I'm not as interested in talking about something that I have no experience in. So if yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. I think it just kind of all gets in the weeds. If you don't like it, turn it off. Uh, yeah, there's a button. I think there's a very odd thing that happened in the last like twenty years, basically 
since I got into comedy, which is comedy went from being a bit of an indie art form to being a very popular art form. And then as a result, it becomes under a microscope of like, you can't talk about this, but you can talk about this. And it's like, well, not really. I mean, it actually, the intention is, is that we speak about the unspeakable to achieve some kind of catharsis for for people for whom that's what they're into. Yeah, yeah. And, um yeah, well, now it's, I think it has been uh, for a long time, a comedy boom, I tell you. It's a boom. A We're in the boom. boom. We're still in the boom. Still oh, yeah. Boom. And, and um, yeah, I'm grateful that I've been able to still make a Zoom boom living. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's wonderful. But, yeah, it has been surprising to see it comedy move from where it used to be listed next to karaoke and strip clubs and yes, now reviewed right. in the New York times. That's right. <laughs> no, I mean, when, <clears throat> when I first told my dad that I wanted to become a comedian, he was so mortified and he said, comedy, I go, I, I'm, I've been working at a comedy club and he said, comedy club, what do they do? Strip. And I go, no, they, they perform comedy. And then it just sort of sat there. And and that's that was in the late nineties. That's when I got into comedy and, and and that's and that was uh that's where a lot of people saw it. Yeah, stri- yeah, strip clubs and um anywhere near a chicken wing or a um <laughs> something deep fried. Um and uh sometimes there's methamphetamine use, uh money yes. laundering is sure. being done. Uh, why not? What? I mean, I do it. Maria, you're just you're just listing off my hobbies. <laughs> Taking a break from this Maria Bamford conversation to send a shout out to our friends at Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon cereal is something I did not know about until they sent me a whole bunch of boxes. <laughs> cocoa and fruity and frosted and blueberry and now i'm completely addicted the staff of my show is addicted uh it tastes so good and it's uh yeah and then people on my facebook were saying that they ordered it this week and were very happy about it uh so i'm uh i'm a cereal the spokesperson now if you can go to magicspoon.com slash burbigs use burbigs at checkout to get free shipping you will thank me later and later is now. <laughs> that, that could have meaning of some kind, but it, it, it was just a throwaway. Back to the show. So this is a thing, this is a thing that we do on the show called the slow round. And it's basically mm-hmm. like a series of questions or prompts about just memories. Um, do you remember a smell from your childhood? Mm. Grilled cheese, uh, mm. sandwiches, when uh, Chester Park Elementary School, oh my gosh. cheese sandwiches, and I loved those so much. And uh, I went back to the lunch ladies and I said, "Give me the recipe." They oh my said, gosh. "Little lady, it's Wonder Bread, uh, Crisco, Velveeta, three things." I said, "Got it." Brought it back to my mom. My mom said, "Honey, I'm never going to make you those." Oh my gosh. So, but uh, that I How love. How old were you? Just, middle? Were you middle school? I thought, oh yeah, I think I was like ten or eleven. You know, just you know when you when you start saying, "Oh, I can ask." Right. <laughs> How about that? How about the? How about the that recipe? <laughs> what? Well, this is wonderful. I'm going to have some curiosity about this. <laughs> That's no, that's a good one though. The grilled cheese. I have the same thing with like middle school. Do you remember those circle pizzas? Oh, now we had squares. Interesting. The square pizzas. And like, and like, I know being a grown person who's read about food production now, I know that that, that is some terrible, that is some very low quality pizza right there. And, and yet, I can't get that positive association out of my head. Yeah. What um do you have an unusual skill that you that people don't usually know about? Um my skill, let me see. 
Um, well, this is a funny thing. Um, I belong to a money-related um, 12-step program, and I can't Gosh. tell you which one. I cannot <laughs> because it's a secret. Because <laughs> what if you went out and told everyone, Maria Bamford's in this, and then, then, I'm not sure. Anyways, so I've been in it for like 25 years. And wow. um, so uh, what I am good at, or one thing I've at least I've gotten better at, is one of the things you do is you sit down with another person, uh, and it's called a pressure relief group. And if you know anything mm. about foster firms, it's um, it's a fifth step with your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cult. it's a cult, but it's free. And and foster they can't kick you out, even if I go to a meeting with a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I'm um, eating an ice cream cake with a stolen porn DVD. All oh anyone will say is, "You keep coming back." <laughs> She's a newcomer, <laughs> um, which I, I love about it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of God bothering, which I'm not into, but um, I sure. can just. Um, Wait, but, what's yeah, so God bothering? What's God bothering? God bothering is a uh, prayer. Uh, when okay. they're always talking about a higher power, I consider the higher power to be cognitive behavioral therapy, like just trying something <laughs> yes. different, you know, just going, Oh, what if I tried something different than what I've been doing? Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, me too. Same. Uh, stop. Well, you know, so I, yeah, I, one of the things people, um, sometimes ask for is a spending plan. And so, um, and a debt repayment plan. And so I do those uh, with two other people. And um, and so that's something I, I don't know if I'm good at it, uh, but I've done it a bunch. Like, it's a very humbling thing. It's not sure. uh, fun, uh, but but it was immediate, s- some sort of solution that I never would have thought of on my own. Yeah. Um, my immediate thought was um, just move back home to Duluth and, uh, and uh yeah, so and it's continued to be very helpful because I think you know there's still these questions where it's always assumed like somehow oh I'll know how to do that when when I get that age or sure um, yeah yeah or, or yeah, when that, I have that, that amount sense. of money um, I'll know what to do and um, right and I or when someone dies I'll know how to buy a coffin. Oh my goodness. Yes. How do you do? My parents have already pre-done all that stuff for themselves. They yeah. called me from the coffin place and we got, we got it all picked out. We're fine. <laughs> all you have to do is show <laughs> up. All you have to do is show up. <laughs> so here's a couple of jokes I've been working on. Oh my God. And then we, we can go over some jokes you're working on too. Um, this is a couple quick ones to start. I have, um, <clears throat> I've been, Jen and I, uh, got an Airbnb in Rhode Island to be near my brother and sister's family so our daughter can see the, their cousins in the pandemic and, and we could have a yard, basically. And so I go for a walk every day and there's a house covered in American flags and antennas and satellite dishes, like ton, tons of them. And, I, and the other day, I just thought, if America was so great, you'd have cable. <laughs> and that's... I don't know. It's a goofy joke. <laughs> and, then I, and then I wrote. Uh, and then I wrote a lot of. A lot of comedians have spent the quarantine working on jokes, but I've been working on a vaccine. So far, so far, it's two parts French toast, one part syrup. We are in stage three trials. The first two didn't work, but we're just going to go ahead with it. That's another quick one. That's those are wonderful. But you know, but you know these jokes, as you know, because you're writing a ton of jokes right now. Just these jokes have an expiration date. It's like the the vaccine joke. Eh, that's going to be gone in about a year. Let's hope. I know. Let's hope, right? Let's hope. We're um, rooting for an end. We're rooting Maria for an end to these jokes. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And, those are, those are very strong. Um, Thanks. Let me see. Do I? Uh, yeah, a lot of my jokes are. I, I haven't. I've been writing something else. Um, okay. So, um, so my mom, honey, we're gonna take uh, <laughs> ayahuasca. Your father and I. Uh, we. I read in the New York Times that it is a great way to, you know, kind of face your own mortality, and. 
it, they're doing studies of it at Johns Hopkins. It's very popular. So we, <laughs> I Googled shaman and we found this guy in the Twin Cities. So we're going to go down there this weekend. Uh, I called the shaman and I said, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Uh, uh, my dad has a heart condition. Uh, my mom, uh, stage four lung cancer survivor, also bipolar. Uh, is this? Mm. Uh, oh, this is very common for family members uh, to be triggered by the idea of mm. uh, the spirit of ayahuasca. She's very powerful. So I understand that you're, you feel angry. I know. I, I, I sometimes am still afraid of her power. I was <laughs> recently on a, <clears throat> on a, a retreat where I, I got an emergency call. I just partaken in the medicine and I got an emergency call <laughs> to drive home two hours. I asked the medicine man, is it safe for me to drive home? And he said, why don't you ask the fire? I asked the fire. The fire became an eagle and said, yes, <laughs> yes, Paul, it's okay to drive home. Hey, Paul, did you uh, ask the eagle to, I assume it was an American eagle, to walk claw over claw in a straight line uh, while keeping his wing on his beak? Because it sounds like that eagle was high. <laughs> I'm so angry at my parents because oh. I want to drugs too. Sure. I want to do drugs. Um, I want to have sex with a volcano and <laughs> have a chit chat with Dolly Parton, but she's also Kermit the Frog, but he's also Dolly Parton, but yes. she's also <laughs> totally Kermit the Frog. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, but I won't. And uh, so I'm mad at them. I called them after the weekend. I said, what happened? Honey, we cannot tell you because it's illegal and you cannot be trusted with any information, which is true. Um, I, <laughs> I, if I get you a birthday <laughs> gift, I tell you exactly what I'm getting you while I'm purchasing it. I tell you what it is while I'm handing it to you wrapped. And once you're wrapped it, I uh, also affirm with you what I got you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a shirt, right? Um, so, uh, my mom, uh, well, honey, I decided I asked God to give me a sign and he, you know, and so I, I've got this call from my psychiatrist at the last minute and he said, Marilyn, don't do it. <laughs> and so I decided not to do it. And then your father <clears throat> I thought, you know, I've got atrial fib, so maybe could I just ask Paul? I said, hey, could I just do mushrooms? <laughs> Guys, this is a religious ceremony. You can't just say, oh, could you cut the communion wine with some Diet Pepsi? I'd love to sanctify the blood of Christ, but <laughs> if you got two rocks and a lime back there behind the altar. Uh, okay, Pink Floyd in the wall. What happened? <laughs> <clears throat> Um, my arms elongated, and I thought maybe I'd see my cookie club from when I was a little kid. I had a cookie club. I asked all the mothers in the neighborhood to make <laughs> a different cookie every week, and then we'd get together and eat them. And it was the best goddamn club I've ever been a part of. But that's not what happened. My arms got long, and then all I could hear was your mother eating fruit from her purse. <clears throat> she oh brought gosh. cut up cat cantaloupe from a plastic bag. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's that whole thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so beautiful. I, I'm curious which, which part of it is the, is the reality part. The reality part was they were considering going on the ayahuasca trip. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they were for real going to do it. And then, um, that's what happened. My mom prayed about it and felt like, oh, she shouldn't do it. But then my dad said he was going to still do it. And, um, um, yeah. So, oh my gosh. and, um, there's only one element about it that's not true. And that's it, that it was, it, they didn't actually do it in Minneapolis. They did it in Duluth. But, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> and they really, but they really did it. Oh, uh, my dad did, uh, uh, my dad did mushrooms. He, they didn't do, do, um, wow. but I, that's yeah, pretty cool. Maria, that's pretty cool. It is. It is pretty cool. 
It really is. No, they're, they're <laughs> loons. Um, and my dad is where I lo- learned all my uh, business acumen. My dad was a dermatologist. He had for about 20 years, however long the internet's been around, a website where he'd sell wooden bars oh. um, that were shaped like bars of soap. And they were called Dr. Bamford's No Soap. Because uh, oh his theory is that um, people would always come to him and say, oh, I, you know, I've got this rash in my arm. He'd say, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, first thing, you don't use soap. It could be dry and irritating for your skin. Uh, so you pat, pat, pat with a wet washcloth, and then you air dry. You know, <clears throat> no soap at all. And then people say, but I want to use soap. Oh, well, why don't you use this? And it's a bar of wood. Well, <laughs> when, when I get splinters, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you better, better not use it. Oh my gosh. So very elliptical. And um, then he'd sell them for $35. You wow. had to send a check to a skin skin disorder related charity. Sure. Send him the receipt. Then within six to nine weeks, he would send you your bar. One person did it. That is amazing. <laughs> an amazing story. <laughs> One person did it. I was the whole time you're telling me the story. I'm thinking, I'll do that. I'll yeah. order that. <laughs> Going to step away from this awesome chat with Maria Bamford to to send a shout out to one of our sponsors, Helix Mattress. I have a serious sleep disorder, which is why you know who loves me: pillow companies, mattress companies. Uh, all the places that help you sleep. But I got to say, Helix Mattress, hands down, best mattress I've ever purchased. Um, thrilled to have it. My daughter loves it. My wife loves it. Uh, you take a quiz. You go on helix.com slash Burbigs, and you put in uh, Burbigs, and you get $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Helix Mattress. I'm telling you, you will thank me now and later and forever. Back to the show. So I have a little bit more about staying at this Airbnb in Rhode Island, um, which I feel like someone must have made this observation in the history of comedy, but I feel like Airbnb should just be called Airb. I have yet to receive the breakfast. That's yes. It should it should just be called Airb, and the owner lives in the shed. <laughs> and there, that's sort of like a goofy joke, but it's like it's true. Like the Airbnb, it's like, how are you getting away with that? That acronym is false. It's it's true. It's just it's the the lie is in is in the name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then we get to the Airbnb and uh and Jen's first response when we arrive when she looks around the the house is this this is much worse than the photos and I say well so am I but I I we always figure out how to make it work and uh so that that's sort of a chunk of this Airbnb thing that I'm developing. Oh, that's very nice. I I like that. I uh yeah, Airbnb is, it's such a, you just never know what's going to happen. It's um, wild. Do you, do you use it when you're traveling? Uh, let me see. We, we see it when I'm in Philadelphia, which is my favorite story. We're there and we're laid down and it was, um, here rats just <laughs> sure. fighting in the walls. Like just yes, having. Yes. I've a, experienced this. I know the sound. <laughs> and so called the uh woman and i say hey just heads up um you have rats really a lot of rats from what we can yeah. tell and he's she said oh those aren't our rats oh my god those are from the place next door uh. huh well yes uh i see now that you <laughs> you've disowned the rats uh <laughs> They seem quieter. Um, and then, and then we went to one where uh, the Wi-Fi was very Christian, which that's an interesting thing about Airbnb is due to free speech, which is a lovely thing. They You can't say in your review, oh, they had a lot of these religious elements around. 
So, oh, sure. Yeah. So you yeah. can show up and it's like blood of the resurrection, uh, <laughs> yeah. John three sixteen, judges 19, you know, right. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. whore of Babylon, the seven heads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, so that was extremely surprising. Uh, what to do if your husband is gay? Oh no. Oh um, that was actually quite a good read. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we went to we went to a real bed and breakfast in Ann Arbor, Michigan, when, we, when Jen and I were first dating, and it was filled with religious imagery. Like there were these gargoyles. I took photos of them that depicted in the room that we were staying in the seven deadly sins, each one. And uh, I was like, "This is not a. This is not relaxing." But they did have breakfast. No. See. Which is which is more than you can say for the Airbnb. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I have one last thing. I have. Uh, we get to the Airbnb in Rhode Island near my brother, and it was according to the listing, five minutes from the beach. <laughs> it was not five minutes from the beach. I don't know what type of vehicle one would have to take to get to a beach. In five minutes, a rocket ship or a jet pack, uh, which, as I understand it, takes years of training. And those jet pack school graduations are spectacular, though. Everyone's flying their jet packs all around. And uh, But we're <laughs> the point is we're not five minutes from the beach. We're about a 15-minute drive. And uh, and it's, 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 it's a hard 15 because Rhode Island, <laughs> Rhode Island is one of those states where you can't turn left. You want to go left, but it makes you go right to go left. It's like America. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I do like that. That's very <laughs> nice. nice. Very nice. Um, well, um, let me see. I'll just say, um, you know, a lot of people have been trying to better themselves uh, during this time of, of quarantine, staying at home. Oh, I'm going to make some big changes. I just worry if I stopped eating sugar and white flour, would I ever be able to stop talking about it? <laughs> Marie, for me, um, it's just, I have so much more energy. I know, I know, I know things have, things have really, um, you know, changed for you. And it's crazy. <laughs> Peanuts are too sweet. Avocados are my go-to <laughs> snack. I know, I know. The world has grown topsy-turvy. And you, it's just, it's a whole new, whole new world. And the, <laughs> the thing I love the most is that I'm so much more conscious in my relationships. <laughs> yeah. And yet you don't notice that I am falling asleep with my eyes completely open. Uh, can we talk about anything else? Uh, I'm a 50 year old white woman. I've heard a tale of dietary transformation. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about Canadian reality television. Ooh, that's so good. Um, it's a lady who does personal finance with five jelly jam jars filled with cash. So good. <laughs> um, called Till Debt Do Us Part. Shout out to Ms. Vaz Slade. She's half Jamaican, half Irish, and all Canadian. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I... This is the crazy part. I wasn't even trying to lose weight. Of course you were. Of course you were. No one's ever, ever trying to lose weight. Uh, tell me more. Tell me more. The one last thing is it, 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 we do a thing called working it out for a cause. And if you have any nonprofit that you wanted to shine a light on, yes. then we'll, we'll uh, send, send the listeners there today. Yes, um, Los Angeles uh, Downtown Women's Center. It's uh, dwc.org, Los Angeles Downtown Women's Center. They provide uh, affordable housing, healthcare, and uh, chow um, to the ladies of the Skid Row neighborhood in downtown LA. And they are wonderful. They're where I would go were I in that pickle, which is wow. always a step away uh, for uh any of us, really. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a bit of a parachute due to yeah. television. <laughs> yes. Um, that's wonderful. We'll link to them in the show notes and, uh, and hopefully people will give, I will, I will give, hopefully others will give. And, oh, yes. uh, and, uh, and thanks so much for coming on working out and sharing 
your jokes. It is, I'm, I, I marvel at the, your work. To me, it is, it's poetry and comedy and performance all wrapped into one sort of brilliant uh, 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 potion that is, I, that I, I can barely. Uh, understand, but it's really extraordinary. And I, I thanks for sharing it with me and, and the listeners today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and uh, a, a real honor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> working it out because it's not done. Working it out because there's no. Wow. That was another episode of Working It Out. Maria Bamford is truly incredible. You should look up all of her stuff. As a matter of fact, I'll plug a fellow podcast called Good One. My my friend Jesse Fox has a podcast over at Vulture. The episode he has with Maria Bamford is one of the best podcast episodes I've ever heard. He talks all about a thing that we alluded to about the financial stuff, except it's this whole story of how she gave the commencement speech at her college and then haggled about how much she was going to do it for and then... That's what the speech was about, was haggling about it. And it's just awesome. So good one, Jesse Fox, Maria Bamford. Uh, highly recommend it. And also, I want to send a shout out, uh, you know, tip your weight, Steph. We were able to raise well over a half million dollars for different GoFundMes of weight staffs of comedy clubs across the country. And then our friends at Merch Table, uh, which is this great company that supports a lot of bands and comedians, they donated these uh, face masks that say tip your weight staff. They were generously donated by the folks at 800 Pound Gorilla Records. And then uh, all the proceeds from the sales are donated to comedy clubs around the country. A different one each month. Just go to burbigs.com, go to the merch area, or go to tipyourweightstaff.com. And uh, and also, the new one is on vinyl. The the, the live Special is now on vinyl. That's also on merch table. But tip your waitstaff, face masks, all the money goes to waitstaffs across the country. This has been Working It Out. Our producers are myself, along with Peter Salamone and Joseph Berbiglia, consulting producer Seth Barish, sound mix by Kate Belinsky, assistant editor Mabel Lewis. Thanks to my consigliere Mike Berkowitz, as well as Marissa Hurwitz. Special thanks to Jack Antonoff for his music. As always, a very special thanks to my wife, Jay Hope Stein, the poet. Our book, the new one, is in your local bookstore, Curbside. Always a special thanks to my daughter, Una, who created this radio fort made of pillows, which makes me sound so nice. Thanks most of all to you who have listened. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we're working it out. Too much or or not enough. See you next time. <laughs>